Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing is brought to you by Influential, a strategic consultancy that takes the guesswork out of influencer marketing for your brand. We provide much-needed strategically crafted frameworks on how to implement influencer campaigns specific to your brand needs. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fabulous edition of Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing. And as usual, I'm not riding solo. I've got my wing woman and uh, and welcome. Thank you, Cinti. How are you today? I'm great as usual. Please say a big shout out to our listeners who are very special and dear to us. Yes. As always, thank you so much for tuning in again and downloading. Please remember to keep downloading. Share the love with your friends if yeah. you think they'd be interested. And hit that subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button. That's very important. And uh, as usual, uh, our guest is very special today. And he's joining us all the way from Brazil. Uh, David Wing, welcome. Thank you, Cinti. Thank you, Anne. Um, it's a pleasure to be here in, you know, <laughs> in the <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for coming time out to speak to us and our audience and to share some of your knowledge about our a very interesting uh, and special subject matter. Uh, but just a quick one. Um, David is a B2B influencer marketing expert. And today, the point is to delve a little into that uh, into that world. There's a lot of misconceptions. And today, what we want to do is our, we want our expert to truth the untruths, so to speak, mm -hmm. and to help us see uh, value, if any, of uh, uh, influencer marketing in the B2B space. So, David, uh, you've got your work cut out for you, but thank you so much for joining us. Eh? Thank you. Um, I love a challenge. Oh, <laughs> not really. And you've recently moved to Brazil, specifically on Christmas Day. Who does that? Uh, is the family acclimatizing? Uh, people, that, uh, people that want slightly cheaper airline tickets. Yeah, um, that's, that's a true. plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but also in Brazil, uh, we celebrate uh, Christmas actually on uh, Christmas Eve in the UK. Oh. So it's, um, we, we missed it anyway, but then okay. we were coming over to spend time with the in-laws and, yeah. uh, you know, and the grandparents and everything. So awesome. it really made no difference when we celebrated just as long as we were together. So, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And let, let's jump right into it. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what brought you to this point in your illustrious career. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm David Wing, um, and I'm a, an influencer marketing and thought leadership consultant. Um, okay. uh, so, and I I founded um, Wing Digital uh, Marketing um, well about three months ago. Um, but prior to that, I've been working for a number of different agencies in okay. the social media and influencer marketing realm. Um, it's um it's like a lot of like a lot of marketers, I just kind of fell into influencer marketing. What with the fact that it, you know, there isn't any or yeah. wasn't any um, actual training available, you know, ten years ago or so yeah. when it started. Hundred percent. So, from my perspective, it was I did a master's degree in creative writing. Um, I'd always loved creative writing, so that sort of filters into what I do and sort yeah. of the the character that I put behind everything I write and everything I say. Yeah. Um, but uh, doing that, um, once, you've, once you've got a qualification in, uh, in creative writing, unless you're actually suddenly really successful, you kind of have to find a job. And usually it's in yeah. creative writing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I started doing that for an agency and running their social media. Um, I then moved on to a, 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 a 
sorry, currency exchange business and ran their social and their contents and their blogs. All right. So sort of affiliate marketing, and and then moved on to an agency where I was sort of um, uh, shuffled into the B two B sector simply simply because um, I'm a bit older than the staff members who were there. I think it was. I think the, the uh, yeah the CEO was the oldest person there by one year, and I, then it was me. So oh, it was wow. a, <laughs> late in the industry and everything. But um, yeah. I think there was a there's certainly an element with B two B in that um, it's seen as sort of um, it's for, it's for independent experts that have you know traditional training and have yeah. built their own consultancies, their own businesses. So generally, they're seen as you know in their sort of mid to late forties or or older. More yeah. mature market. That, yeah. Exactly. Perception. So, and and so one of your main uh, focus areas is B two B influencer marketing. So let's start right there. What is it? Ah, uh, well, I scribbled it down on uh, on my answers before this. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to sort of stick to it to some extent. B two B influencer marketing. It's kind of the digital version of being Don Draper and taking people out for whiskey and steaks. Amazing. Um, <laughs> Which, um, uh, but I mean, that's, but uh, with an internet connection and obviously dependent on their speed yeah, of connection. Yes, it's very important. Um, but from a realistic point of view, it's um, it's showcasing a, a company's worth, um, mm. its product, um, its client base, and trying to uh, sidestep the prosaic and the drab and try and, well, sex it up, if you will, mm-hmm. um, with with b2b influencer marketing which basically means stylizing it and making it more accessible um and i think we'll come on to that in a minute but um uh b2b marketing has generally been seen as a bit of a uh, just just b2b marketing in general has been seen as a bit of a sort of a, a gray sector yeah um, with this you know this this element influencer marketing really does something to change that because you're allowing for independent expertise to come through that isn't just your office it isn't just your your c-suite talking although they're important but making sure that you've got different characters and different um expertise coming through that they can actually lend um a point of view that's as independent as it can be when it's aligned with the brand Yeah. yeah So, David, um, there's obviously we speak about business-to-business marketing, which is B2B, which you specialize in, and then you get your business-to-consumer marketing, B2C. What is the main differences? Well, I think the main difference between the two is, um, well, popularity and a sort of stylistic approach. Okay. So, B2C is um, historically the most successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you read any influencer marketing um publication at all um all they say at the beginning of each one is uh you know influencer marketing is set to reach five billion ten billion fifty billion at the end of 2020 or whatever yes uh the blanket statement that's used continuously and it's not wrong it's just it's a little bit drab um but from a bc standpoint uh it's your it's your mainstay influencer marketers influencers it's these mm. wonderful famous individuals that have something to say about uh various products and uh well it's, it's product selling um yeah. ultimately it's done on instagram primarily facebook pinterest is huge and now tiktok as we all know or should all know yeah. is, it's, it's coming yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's ruling the roost. They've just moved into a new office, as far as I've read, and uh, yeah. they are now everywhere. But yeah. um, so from a B2C perspective, it's stylized, it's video, it's, it's live, um, but at the same time, it's, um, it's crafted very well and performed very well. Mm-hmm. And this is through experience over the years. Um, these, these entrepreneurs branding themselves and building their brands and just understanding who their audience is. Mm. Uh, the difference between that and B2B is not miles apart. Um, as okay. I said before, B2B you know, needs, needs to revolutionize its approach, and it is doing. Uh, you can see that with a lot of, main, a lot of big companies. Companies like uh, Salesforce, like um, Apple, um, uh, IBM, HP, um, all, these, all these tech platforms are doing sort of behind the scenes. They are speaking with influencers. They're getting them to shout from the rooftops. They're doing podcasts just like this, some with videos, some without. They're doing mm-hmm. Twitter lives, Facebook lives, LinkedIn lives when that finally gets a little bit more mainstream. Yeah. Um, the, the approach, as I say, is not miles apart. It's just from a B2B perspective, it's just uh, tailoring your audience more towards um, businesses that will buy larger scale products you know sure. software yeah. rather than rather than a face cream or or, or something else like yeah. that for b2c yeah so david why did you choose to specialize in b2b specifically well i mean i was sort of <clears throat> uh i was sort of uh impacted into the into the area initially mm. but given the fact that i i don't know i didn't have quite so much an affinity with b2c i didn't um, appreciate it quite as much as B2B. I knew okay. from a B2B perspective that I, I, I could see the approach, I could talk to people a little bit easier. With B2C, there was, um, I suppose there was more variety at the time, and there was also, uh, I, I felt too old for it, quite frankly. Which <laughs> um, is a funny thing to say, but um, I was hit 40, you know, but um, given the fact that it's, we're talking, everybody's talking about Gen Z now and TikTok. And, yeah. yeah. Platforms coming through. Yeah. I, I think I was about right in that, um, but yeah, I I chose B two C or was sort of directed towards B two C, and I I've grown to love it and and understand it and appreciate it, and I found some real real friends um, in in the B two B influencer marketing realm, and right. yeah, yeah like minded individuals. Yeah. yeah, and and when did this type of influencer marketing become um, popular? And uh, why do you think uh, it did? Uh, yeah, well, around it's B2B influencer marketing sort of took off or started rather around 10 years ago. And I was speaking to my friend Tom Ogenthaler, um, uh, giving a shout out, the influence He's marketer. Great. He's oh, a yeah. friend of the podcast. We love Tom. Hey, Tom. I've spoken to him before, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, Tom did work in the tech industry before yeah. now, working yeah. for their PR and their marketing departments. Mm. And and he was finding that there was a, a lack of opportunity. Yeah, you know, he wanted to branch out and there was a lack of opportunity to do that. And he looked into influencer marketing and trying to get you know outside individuals involved. And I think at the time it was a little bit more of a B2C approach, you know, gifting of, of, of products and the like. Yeah. Um, see that that developed and it became more a sharing of of understanding about businesses so you know we're talking about influencers and experts as they prefer to be called um that have spent years sometimes decades in the business 
that have then also happened to have started up a Twitter account or, or whatever and started sharing content. So it's quite a sort of a natural but fun approach for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. They just start doing blog posts and, and commenting on you know different statements and elements and liking things and sharing it and ultimately that's that's how it all begins um and it's just okay. people to have a an understanding of things together yeah. amazing when you talk about um i suppose when you talk about b2b influencer marketing in 2020 we look more at linkedin is like the most obvious mm. platform that we do b2b marketing um but mm. when we think about it it's people are there in the professional capacity they are they're putting their best foot forward this is where you find where you're the most expert the most professional so don't you think it's very difficult for people on there to to kind of when they collaborate to do authentic influencer marketing i mean it's not instagram or facebook yeah no no you're quite right um oddly enough there was there was um this this very question was asked by um uh, uh by rupa shah who's um who's on LinkedIn and, and talks about um, legalities around influencer marketing from both perspectives, the B2C and the B2B. Mm. And um, the question is in regards to B2C and their hashtag ad or hashtag sponsor, and should there be something similar for the B2B realm as well? And I would say, yes, the, there needs to be that. Uh, there needs to be something that just says, you know, brand aligned or, or something along those lines. But sure. from a... B2B perspective on LinkedIn and even Twitter as well, but mainly LinkedIn, there's an audience there that understands that if you're talking about these things, you've already built up your profile. They already know mm -hmm. that you're uh, an established, reputable individual. You can see that just from scrolling down the feed and seeing whether it's bot automated, you know, the same stuff going out over and over. Um, but B2Bs uh, generally seem uh, to be a bit more respected which is where the the question about you know a hashtag sponsored or hashtag ad was relevant for them i think it is i think it just needs to be tailored a little bit more towards the b2b audience but don't you think um on b2b marketing on linkedin specifically is it not more about the person speaking about the company they work for or you know but not kind of collaborating with other companies because that's a bit strange going out and punting someone else when you're over here working <laughs> For, for, you know, product B. Yeah, I think, um, I think there's a separation between uh, B2B influencer promotion and, and actually being employed because with the B2B individuals, generally they're not paid for their service. Yeah. Uh, which is surprising for those people that work in B2C because they're like, <laughs> well, hang out. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> experts shouldn't they be getting tens and twenties of thousands of pounds for their blog posts and such and my answer is yes they ought to be um if they are solely promoting you know your dells or your hps or working specifically for them you sure. know and even for a program or campaign perspective i think they ought to be getting paid at the moment they are they, you know they get their transport paid as long as they're not you know flying from brazil to the uk or something like that <laughs> um they, you know, if, if they're writing a blog post, you'll share their content, they'll share yours. It's very much a mutual beneficial exchange there. Um, and it's different to B2C. Um, but I'd like to see them getting paid because they put in a lot of effort. And B2B has this, has this way of sharing content for free most of the time. Everything I put right. out is opinion-based on, based on something I've read that I, I believe in or 
have understanding of and I'm not asking people to pay for that or to download it. Mm. I think it's just for me trying to wrap my head around because when we speak about B2B influence marketing, it's more about employee advocacy. Mm-hmm. So if I use my employees to kind of spread the love of the expertise that they have in my company and build up to be this great place to work at and being the experts in the industry. And all of a sudden I see they doing another company's kind of bidding. I'm going to be pretty upset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see that this, unless, um, so if, if in this scenario, uh, your employee is um, a B2C influencer rather than a B2B, and they're talking about, um, you know, a face cream or, or or a perfume or something like that that has nothing to do with your own business. Yeah, no. And if it's built up, then I see no reason why that they can't have that. I mean, obviously, contractually, you know, you decide whether or not they're allowed to do extracurricular work. Um, whereas from a B2B perspective, you know, if they're suddenly they are advocating for a different platform or a different business mm. that's uh, in direct competition to yours, well, then that's a real issue. Yes. Um, that, that's when you're going to have to have a stern word and say, look, you can't be doing this. You know, this is yeah. uh, this is counterproductive for us. Got, yeah. got it. That's what I wanted to figure out because I was like, employee advocacy is so personal to the realm you're working in that all of a sudden you can't be talking about other people. <laughs> no, I'm, to be fair, I mean, if you're, if you're staff, are uh, are advocates for your company if they're yes. really invested in it they should be espousing the virtues of that business online across their social generally you no, know exactly. um, the b2b channels like you know twitter and linkedin yeah. they should be sharing it because they should want to benefit the company and they should yeah. be wanting to grow themselves within the company 100 yeah. percent. most of you know that influential is our podcast sponsor but did you know that my co-host and heads up the agency and that is the first ever boutique agency in South Africa that specializes in developing strategy for influencer marketing. Anne and her team are experts in the field and have spent years warning their skills and knowledge about influencer marketing and at some of the country's biggest PR and media agencies. The moment that you think you might want an influencer campaign, make sure to call or email them first because without strategy, it might not have the outcomes that you would like and are looking for. In addition to talking all things influence on this podcast and also puts together the fantastic influential newsletter that comes out every month. And this is another way for you to keep up to date with the industry. The link to latest newsletter is in the show notes. Check it out. And if you like, please subscribe. And contact details are also on there. Let's keep the conversation flowing. So what is the big benefits then for companies to incorporate B2B influencer marketing in their strategies? It's variety um, mm. because traditionally you see marketing and advertising and PR, and they are you know a billboard advert or or a, a promoted advert on a social channel, you know, or just a straight shot of something or or a stylized graphic or even a video animation. Yeah. Um, as valuable as all of those aspects are, they they don't have any kind of independence or separate. Uh, uh, separation of states, if you will, mm-hmm. from the business and you know, and the individual who's built up their profile. So if you reach out to an influencer on B two B that's maybe got ten, twenty, fifty thousand followers on Twitter, you know, they've they're likely have a look at their profile. They'll have something. They'll be talking about uh, valuable content, and 
they are they are one hundred percent valuable because they are independent of your traditional approach. And, yeah. Yeah. and they they show variety and uh, they'll do a Twitter live, they'll do a podcast, they'll be a, do a Twitter chat or a LinkedIn chat. They'll they'll take part in anything and everything. And yeah. this wonderful digital world, I mean, we're talking now between South Africa and Brazil. I mean, there's other than other than a physical activation where you want to send them to a conference or whatever, or you want them to come to a round table, mm. then you can you can make use of influences everywhere. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. All right. So next to my um on to my next question. What makes employees great influencers for the companies they work at? And and here I suppose it's expected of them to be um digitally visible on behalf of their companies and specifically on on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I mean, for for an employee to become uh, a real advocate of their company, then uh, they need to be regularly sharing updates. Behind the scenes is a wonderful uh, approach for a lot of businesses and, yeah. and shows real character. Yeah. Um, I Certainly, believe you know. I, I fiercely believe that um, that if your staff is doing these little sort of ad hoc videos or yeah. taking photos, you know, you've got Donut Day, you've got um, you know, we're we're doing a charitable aspect today. We're doing a fun run for this 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 can uh, this cancer charity or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We've we've released this this product. I I believe in it one hundred percent. Yes, I work. Mm. Yeah, but. This is my this is you know, my channel and my my approach. You know, uh, there's nothing in my contract that makes me do this. I want to do this. Yeah. Those that uh, those that shout from the rooftops how happy they are, and this can also be, and it's not just about the software, but it's also about the environment and the management as well. And it doesn't yeah. mean you know saying oh I, I turned up to work and Anne was there to give me a lift in or, or you know to give me a lift home late at night or whatever you mm-hmm. know. Although that'd be nice. Um, it's it's. It's truly having this passion for where you work, and it comes across. And hundred percent does. Yeah, you just need to understand that um, it can't be directed by the business. There needs to be some oversight. You know, they need to say mm. what they, the kind of things that they can say. You know, they can't sort of, you know, uh, they can't say anything a bit too risque or whatever. But it's yes. a business. They they should understand this. Um, but yeah, espousing the virtues of that business on a regular basis that that's the hallmark of an employee advocate. Yeah. No, exactly. So, um, when do you think companies should consider employee advocacy when they're doing their marketing strategies? Or do you think it's like an always-on thing? I think it is, um, especially for companies that are starting now, mm-hmm. because as we stand at the minute, we've got uh, all these all these businesses and brands that are that now incorporating influence marketing into their strategy. But you just look at any any startup over the last couple of years. And it's there already. Their 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 management is making is is active, and their staff is active, and yeah. they're talking to clientele, their customers, uh, they're sharing anything and everything they can. Um, content is everywhere on social media to the point that your 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 laptop is hemorrhaging. It's at this point. It's just uh, <laughs> it's so difficult to find, you know, to find um, the the right uh, the right piece of content simply because there's so much of it. Now, yeah. and choosing one thing over another is difficult to do. Um, but yeah, influencer marketing and employee advocacy and and social media and all of these aspects, they don't cost the world. They just need a little bit of savvy, uh, a little yeah. bit of reading, you know, spend a week looking at it, reading up on 
when to post, where to post, what kind of content. And and generally, you know, looking at who they can interact with, building up their followership, um, not blanket following people, just looking yeah. at people that are relevant and have something to, to offer and just being personable and approachable. And this is something that traditionally brands haven't been. Um, yeah. But um, with social media, Twitter in particular, customer service is is seen as what Twitter is for these days. You know, most um, a lot of a lot of brands don't even have you know um, you know the little chat sections. They just say you can go to our Twitter and we'll speak to you there. Even if they're a, even if they're a brand themselves, I know I know Vero is really active and you know and we've spoken about Vero before now. But yeah. I know that they're really on Twitter as an avenue for their customer service and they are on the ball with it they respond within 15 minutes it's a uh, huge turnaround time and other businesses do the same no exactly so then what is the biggest pitfalls of b2b influencer marketing and how can companies avoid that potentially oh uh, <laughs> yeah well the <laughs> um it's, it's trust you know um like mm. like any other relationship Influencer marketing, it's not influencer marketing, it's relationship marketing. Yes. It's, yeah. it's building that, that camaraderie and that understanding. Done. And I think with, um, with influencer marketing, it's all about taking your time to get to know these experts, yeah. just like it ought to be yeah. with B2C. But because in B2C, you're talking about brands who want to sell a product and sell it fast, they have a maybe a one day or a one week campaign mm. where they they want you know 20 influencers all sharing at this particular minute so this particular hour so they can capitalize on a hashtag so they can trend yeah. so that people will see it so they'll download or buy or use their use their link or whatever yeah. um that's how it ought to be in that they you should be able to take time to cultivate these relationships and over time you know if you're using the same influencers and b2c you will cultivate these relationships, but mm. it's not like the cost will now. Yeah. Whereas with B2B, if you're spending that time, you say, Hey, you know, Hey, Anne, how are you doing? Do you want to take part in this, you know, in this activation? You know, Hey, Cindy, are you going to be, are you going to be able to answer these, these questions for a blog post? Yeah. Mm. I'll share it. If you share it, it'll all be great. Thanks very much. Yeah. You know, it's an ongoing, ongoing relationship. And while, well, digitally, I can't take you to the pub and buy you a drink and say thanks that way. You know, I can send you a gift, you know, with a smiley face. I can, you know, I can send you a link or I can recommend you to a friend who's doing something else. Or yeah. I can tell you that there's a conference that I've been approached to take part in, uh, but I can't go. Would you like to go? I think you're the, you're the person for it. Yeah. You know, these relationships that they build with brands as well and companies. So it's all, it's all reciprocal. Yeah. Mm, you're so right about that. Yeah. And and in your opinion, are we ever going to get to a time where B two B influencer marketing is as popular as B two C influencer marketing um, anytime no. soon? <laughs> that I was, don't uh, think so. <laughs> that was a very succinct. Yeah, that year. was like ah, uh, uh. <laughs> not happening. No, um, I think it will be very popular. I all think it will be part of a lot of a lot of B two B companies. Um, I I just. You know, I just don't think it will be as popular as B2C simply because there are more people than there are brands. There yeah. are more yeah. buyers of, of simple products than there are 
companies that buy giant products um yeah you know if you're looking you know percentage wise you might see it that way you might see it pop on the same percentage scale similarly maybe mm. um but there's as as you would go along people will start to understand and are starting to understand the value and they'll start to incorporate it but it won't have quite the same impact as b2c yeah yeah it makes complete sense like you say there's more kind of consumers out there than businesses you know that does b2b marketing um you're doing a series on your in your linkedin called hashtag marketing journeys which is fantastic everyone listening go on to linkedin follow the hashtag follow yeah. david it's great where he basically does this series where he interviews professionals in the industry especially in influencer marketing and kind of look at trends going on everywhere um i've been fortunate to be featured thank you so much david mm -hmm. it was great fun um <laughs> but um doing these interviews have you realized that there is kind of like uniform trends across markets doesn't matter what country it is or what um continent it is and what's those biggest differences yeah well i think the biggest difference just to start there yeah. is is um it's simply the scale and the adoption of influencer marketing yeah and i think um, you know, the US sort of led the way, uh, UK and then and then Europe sort of filtered through. But mm. like with anything, China just sort of gets the bit between the teeth and just saturates it. Um, yeah. And yeah. It. So, you know, even if we're not using, you know, WeChat or, or Weibo or any of their or any of their marketing um, avenues and any of their you know, social media, it's impossible not to see it and TikTok obviously the main is a is a massive element now as well yes. uh, what surprised me is that um, i mean speaking to to dice kobayashi who's who's also been on on marketing journeys as well um based out of japan he's sort of the industry leader there and he's you know he's he's been very very clear and said that um japan has been somewhat behind behind the mark and you know uh, you know, taking their time to sort of get their feet wet in the influencer marketing realm, mm -hmm. um, which is surprising given, you know, historically Japan's, you know, adoption of technology um, and their approach towards things. But I can see that coming forward straight, you know, fairly shortly. Um, no, but trends yeah. across the board are, are the social platforms. They, you just can't escape things like TikTok now. Um, I'd like to think that Vero will come through because there are, they're seen as an honest, um, and sort of non non analytical um, non uh, non AI based um, social media platform, I, whereas everything. Else, yeah, I am isn't. with you on that one. I would love for more people to start using Vero just because they're putting the social back in social media. That's right. Um, I mean, it's not to not to give too much praise in itself or to tailor this entire conversation towards Vero, but um, <laughs> uh, I'm a self advocate for them. Um, I spoke with their CEO the other day, um, yeah. I'm in and I know you've spoken to him as well. I have. And you, if anybody listening gets the opportunity to converse with Iman, and generally you'll be able to do it either through Vero or generally more so through Twitter. Yeah. If you have a question, he'll answer it. He's a CEO that's active and wants to give you honest insights and tell you why he's doing this and why it's important. And for him, it's important because it's an honest platform that doesn't look to capitalize on its audience. It's not making money. He's spending the money himself. He's yeah. trying to build this uh, community. There's about 3 million people on there. There should be more. It's for artists, it's for, for people that want to share 
what they have because yeah. they put time and effort into it. Mm-hmm. And they don't care um, whether or not it's making money. They care about people, you know, getting to see what they've got. Um, yeah, exactly. And that's what I love happening across social and, you know, blankets or and influencer marketing as well. It's difficult, you know, <laughs> to, to regulate influencer marketing and judge it based on just engagement. We are almost at the end of our very interesting conversation, David. Um, please give our listeners three tips uh, of what to do uh, if they want to play in the B2B influencer marketing space. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, number one, um, spend some time identifying and, and vetting your potential expert or influencer partners. That's important. Uh, um, yeah. Like for anything else, I mean, they yeah. are people that you work with for months or years to come. You should know them. You should like them. Yeah. Um, you should not dread getting on the phone with them or begging for <laughs> help or them to put content out that you've agreed to do. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, it's both your reputation and your brand's reputation. So if you're aligning yourself with somebody that you haven't properly vetted yeah. and haven't properly spoken to, then uh, then. Problems. You know, you're hiding to nothing here. You know, you, you need to you, you need to worry about things. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And where can listeners find you online and social media? Um, yeah. Well, generally, you'll you'll find me um, uh, bouncing around LinkedIn. Uh, occasionally, <laughs> I build that a little Naturally, bit more. Um, yeah. I, I used it quite so much recently. Um, and uh, obviously, I've. As far as the virtue on, on Vero, so I'm on there as the influencer marketer. Sorry, Tom, I kind of stole the influence marketer from you. But okay. I added an R, so it, there is a difference slightly. Um, and also, I'm having a play and investigating with Pinterest as well, which has begun to be a mm. bit more of a B2B um, uh, avenue recently as well. So it'll be interesting okay. to see what comes of that. Amazing. What are you excited to see happening in the industry this year? Um, oh. Uh, I'd like to see Vero. I mean, I think we spoke yeah. about this as well. It's, it's, there isn't, you know, Vero is a big thing. I'd like to see from a B2B influencer marketing strat standpoint, I'd like to see uh, a more inventive use of, of the social uh, social posts that are going out, the, mm-hmm. the tactics that are you know, put into play. doesn't need to be um, quite so regimented. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm providing consultancy for a number of companies at the minute, and and the the big tip I'm I'm giving all of them, and to be honest, it should be for everybody, yeah. is this behind the scenes, this realism, this mm. honesty, you know, approach to their marketing, um, because people, um, they, as much as everybody likes a stylized approach and it's it's very shareable, um, if you can just show a little bit of uh, thought and a little bit of hope and a little bit of character behind what you're putting out. Yeah. Um, I think people lend themselves more to it. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, David, for joining us all the way from Brazil yes, and sharing you. your knowledge and, and insights on B2B market, uh, B2B um, influencer marketing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope you will enjoy the noise from the bosses. Uh, but it's time for us to, yeah. And any last words? And uh, where do our people find you? Well, from me, David, thank you so much for making time. We know you're busy. You're in a new country. Yeah. So 
thank you. And I think everyone should follow you on LinkedIn for your expertise. Um, but for Influential, you can find us on LinkedIn and Twitter at Influential SA and just keep up to date and just be part of the conversation, people. Yes, and we are Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing on Facebook. Um, Please follow. Share your journeys, um, comment, like, share, and yeah, let's all have fun with the subject line. Uh, David, thank you so much and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, we'll obviously one. chat in all of those platforms that you mentioned. Thank you so much. Right. Thanks, David. Cindy, uh, a true pleasure. Thank you very much. And I'll, I'll see you all on digital. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye, listeners. We love you. Next time.